Leslie. I'm Laurie. Welcome I forgot my to... name for a second. <laughs> okay. Well, it's okay, Leslie Laurie. and Lowry, Lowry. Today, <laughs> And this is Sumo Kaboom. Where we talk about all, all things sumo. sumo and lots more. Today we're just going to have a conversation because it is our 200th episode, y'all. 200. We should play that. Thought? We should play that music. What that, music? The synthesizer. This. I'll send you. <laughs> That's Leslie's favorite song. I love the synthesizer reveal. My favorite song is Terana Fuji, always. Well, yes, and I think we'll talk about that today. But on our 200th episode, we were like, what yeah, do we talk about? That, that's the point. And and we thought we would just go back and just sort of just reminisce about what we've learned. Because this is like four years, four years of doing this podcast, which I cannot believe. I think it's actually three. We started in 2020 to 2021 to 2022 to 2023 to 2024. Still, I think it's three years. I think it's just one and a half. It's just 18 <laughs> days. It, it, it doesn't feel like... However long it's been, it doesn't feel like it's been a really long time. But no. Leslie's giving me this look like, oh, yes. yes. No, but I just am amazed. I tell people how many episodes we have and and uh, they're like, yeah, I still don't listen. And I'm like, that's OK. That's it's okay. all good. You don't well, need to. I've done 200 of them. And people are like, really? Well, I'm and I'm still like, not going to listen. 200 episodes for, I don't know, the 500 people around the world that listen. I don't know how many people listen, but... That's what we do every week. We sit in the closet and we talk about sumo. Yeah. And, you know, we're just going to chat about That's right. our time in the closet. That's right. But first, you want to do a little news? Yeah. The Hakaho Cup, which we weren't sure exactly when it was happening last week. I and... do want to point out yeah. that I was right. Yeah. It was just the day after. Yeah. Well, and I don't know what day it is on the other side of the planet. So I was like, I don't know, but it didn't happen or it did happen. Anyway, we saw pictures it happened. So it was a huge event with all sorts of fun commentating. And it was really f like a lively event. Boys from all over, all ages. It was just, I saw some clips of like the little five-year-olds just going so incredibly hard at sumo. And it was adorable. Mm -hmm. Lots of big hearts. Uh, and... The top division was really fun to watch because you could see, like, all the Oyakatas watching for, like, scouting purposes. Uh, that's good. Their demeanor kind of changed when they were watching those bouts. So, um, anyway, it was really cool. And we got to see Koto Shogiku's son fight uh, Hakaho. In Which like was a, kind of, like, the best part of the entire he, thing. Yeah, because he did the backbend thing. Yeah. That was so... Kota Shogiku, and he's like five, and it's just like adorable. But 160 teams, all that salt, yeah, he threw and then big salt. Hakaho was like, "Great, you're gonna throw a lot of salt. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna throw, throw a lot of salt." Yeah. <laughs> it was adorable. Yeah, like over a thousand boys. So that was really, really cool. We're keeping this sport alive, and and uh, it's always joyful to see kids of all ages um, do this. Do this sport. It's Agreed. a great time. Boys and Boys girls. Boys and girls. This is kind of unrelated, but the Coco Geekon was used for like this really big 
concert event, which they hadn't oh. done in a while. And basically what it is, I saw a video from a few years ago, but they don't have the videos out from this year, but it's this youth orchestra choir consortium. Is that the right word? I don't know. Like coming together and they like fill up the whole Koku Gikan. And, and they then they sing? All, they sing and then these like incredible youth orchestras play and they're amazing and they conduct. The video I saw was like, all of the stands full of people wearing matching outfits because that was a choir. So it was like the coolest thing. Ooh. So it was huge. And, you know, that place seats like 10,000 people. Yeah. So how fun would it that was like be? this big music affair at the Kokugi Con. And I'm pretty Zooming sure. them all to heaven yeah, at the I'm, same time. I'm pretty sure I saw some videos of some uh, sumo wrestlers singing a little bit as well. So they brought a little bit of music, which is a big part of the sumo world, into that concert. Or at least. Our sumo world. Exactly. <laughs> also, love is in the air, everywhere and something, something. What is it? Love is in the air, everywhere and all around. That one? Sure. Anyway, love is in the air because... I can feel it everywhere. I can feel it everywhere. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but everyone got married around Valentine's Day. Everyone, which y'all. Midori Fuji got married. You mean... Miyamori Fuji? Miyamori Fuji got married. He had a photo with his wife and his tiny baby. He's 27. She's 23. And they got married on Valentine's Day. He said um, when he first met her, she is the daughter of a supporter of the stable. And they met both like when he was really like starting out in sumo. Like he definitely probably didn't have privileges to see girls at that point. And she was in high school. or mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was much younger. And then the coronavirus happened and then they didn't see each other and then then they saw each other again and he was just like I thought she was beautiful and she had a positive attitude and a month later they started dating and then she had moved to Tokyo and then two months later two months later at the Haneda airport she had come to see him off somewhere and he said let's get registered to get married when you get back and he joked about it because like they got married March 29th of 2023, and then October, they had a little girl. So he has a true, this is in the Nikon Sports, fast attack sumo, but also <laughs> fast attack as far, he's like, I'm fast a sumo. Fast attack marriage? Yeah, he's like, I'm a sumo, I'm a speedy sumo wrestler. I am, I'm a speedy he's lover. Like, yeah, he's like, when it came to her, he just knew that she was it. I, and he just gets in fast and grabs underneath like, her her armpits and <laughs> swings her into marriage. That's right, swing her right in. He just had an impression, and she she likes him. She, he think she thinks he's honest and serious. Really and serious. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, didn't I don't see get that. that flavor from him, but maybe but, he is. Yeah, but she said his like absolutely no doubt about moving forward in the relationship was like okay. I feel relieved. This guy really wants Dicks to. Me. Yeah. And so it's sweet. And uh, he cooks everything for her. He likes to cook. He really loves her. And he's a great father. So anyway, that's sweet. Another another sweet one is Hokuto Fuji uh, at 31 got married to his older lady, Manami, who is 35. So a little older. They've been together for a while. Yeah, Yeah. four years. They got married in 2020. So they had finally reception, over 600 guests. And so... And over their shared love of the Lion King. Yeah, they are really adorable. 
he said, I didn't think it would really take four years, but we thought it was like kind of the impossible, but here we are. They've had a son born in 2021. Had said too that like with the pandemic, having the kid there, he didn't have to go out on tour. So he could actually be around and be more of like a father and participate in the child rearing process, which he, uh, you know, it was a very special time for him. And he said he's still planning on, he did not have surgery because if he had surgery, he would have postponed the the reception. So he has not had surgery and is planning on doing March, the tournament. But he has said also that he has done like fundamentals. He hasn't been doing full bouts or practicing. So I was like, I don't know if that's the smartest choice, Hokuto Fuji, but he must have really wanted to get married. And if he's going to have surgery, we'll find out how he does in the beginning of March and then probably he'll pull out. But I imagine you probably plan these things like a year in advance. Yeah. And when he got hurt, he was probably like, you know what? Either we have to send messages out to 500 people right. or I just postpone my surgery. Right. That seems easier. Yeah. So we'll see how he fares. I hope he does well, but we'll see. Another, another yeah, Shoma okay. yeah. got married to, it looks like a very nice Mongolian girl. We saw her because she was wearing Mon- Mongolian bridal wear, which is really beautiful. And I don't know if I've ever seen Shoma really smiling, mm-hmm. um, but it was on February 17th and she's 32 and he's 33. They've been married actually since 2019. They have a two-year-old, no, a four-year-old son. And um, they were just waiting like Hokuto Fuji for the coronavirus, all of that kind of the restrictions there to kind of ease. So he says he is full. They are full of happiness. I love it. Yeah. So that is the love updates. And he looks very suave. Yeah. I just like seeing him smile. He's just usually not so smiley, but she was beautiful and smiley and And much taller than I thought. I don't know. I didn't. I only saw them sitting down, but. Uh, I'm just so used to very small Japanese women mm-hmm. next to a very large man. And she yeah. looked like she was about his height. Well, maybe. Maybe Mongolians are a little bigger because that's a that's a tough life. Like out on the plains. Like it's. A, it's and it makes them tall. No, but like you got to be strong to survive that. You can't be tiny. You got to be a force of nature to survive like negative <laughs> 1,000 degrees, and then in the summer, there's like no trees, and it's like right. 100 degrees. You gotta be degrees. 5'10 you gotta to be survive. Five, you gotta be strong stock. <laughs> I think uh, after 200 episodes, when I was thinking back about all the things I really love, um, there's a lot of content in my brain, but then I also forget so much of it too. Yeah, I know what you mean. But in the beginning, I never listened to our episodes because I'm really afraid of it. You're afraid of because of just how we would be pronouncing things, which we still probably pronounce things incorrectly, but just how wrong and how, you know, we were really curious about everything, but like we were really learning. Like I had some knowledge, but you know, I, I, I didn't know how to pronounce half the things and I, you know, that we do today or have an understanding of how things work. So I know people always go back and listen and they like listening to all the episodes. And I'm like, that's amazing. But I would be probably embarrassed just how stupid we were. Just be like, let's make a podcast and we don't know everything. And, but you know, we have learned so 
incredibly much, like, over four years. Yeah. Every time you, like, turn the corner, you find out something else that's new and cool and beautiful about the sport and about the wrestlers. But one thing that I really, really loved is, of course, I love the sumo. I mean, that's first and foremost. One of the things that really interests me is just how musical it is. And maybe because I'm a musician too, but learning that there's this whole jinku is the, the, the traditional folk singing, but that along with this tradition of just them singing at every event. And one of my all-time favorites was the video of the Oyakatas doing um, original songs and Kakadu singing uh, My Way. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And this oh, is also the same In the session. studio. Yeah, in studio. And it was also the session where we heard Ted and Afuji sing. For the first time. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. So that was, like, really amazing. And, and I thought at that time, this is now a goal. I don't care if I really get a chance to sit down with any of these guys and talk to them. I only want to be in a karaoke room with a bunch of wrestlers, like coming together over the thing we both love or we mm -hmm. all love, which is music. And more, much more than this, I did it I would also like to add to that because it seemed like it happened at about the same time when we happened upon Hokuto Fuji singing yeah. pineapple, pen, pine, pineapple, pineapple, pineapple pen, pear, pineapple, pine, pear, pineapple, pineapple, pear, pineapple, pear, pineapple, pineapple, pear, pineapple, pear, I don't know. <laughs> there was so much like really wonderful music content that all came up around the same time. Yeah. And I feel like if we weren't following sumo as closely as we are, I would have I would have missed it. I would have missed all of that amazing stuff if I was just paying attention to the sport. And I think that the fans and people who listen to us and people who tag us in videos and are like, just today, someone was like, you need to see these eight sumo wrestlers doing a cheerleading routine that came out today. And I was like, you are absolutely correct. Like, I did need to see them break in, like popping and locking in their mawashis. Absolutely. Like our, our, our listeners send us this stuff. And like, that's really like the beautiful thing. Everybody's just like, here, you want the content? Like you can't see on the other side of the, you know, the earth. Yeah. And there's such great content that's so outside of the realm of actual wrestling. That is just a feast for the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things has really been whenever, and I, and I hesitate to sort of like lump this in to what you just said, but like anything that's like really dumb <laughs> sumo content that has nothing to do with the wrestling like the belly touching event yes <laughs> like which the, also goes along with the singing thing because yes. i adored hearing shodai somewhat butcher <laughs> every day every night which is i actually think that's the only way it should be sung like i'm gonna learn that song so that i can go to Japan and, and sing, sing it with him. Like with, when you meet him, you can go. I mean, like, I know the words every day, every, every night. night. I'm gonna 
sing with him whether he likes it or not i'll be yeah. outside of his window at the stable yeah. like at night serenading him yes I'll, uh, with the, the boom box yeah the boom box over your head um yeah so it's it's that kind of stuff and it's the you know the fans with a tommy fuji's face on them that everyone's holding is so it's the really dumb hilarious sumo merch the whole world of sumo well, merch i think that's it brings outside. us together you and I? No, just like all fans. Like, oh, all fans. We may oh, not yeah, speak yeah, the yeah. same language, but we all have the same passion for a Tommy Fuji. Yes, yes, yes. But it's also like the the discussions we've had about blood type. Yeah. Like that's pretty silly. What their favorite foods, foods are. are and... Yes. But I would even extend that to like Mac from the Grand Sumo Breakdown writing us a story about making mochi and well, reading that for that us. That was one of my highlights as well. <laughs> I have to say, I thought, I think like anything that's really our, dumb, it was like I our love. very first Valentine's episode where Mac did Sumo Erotica. Either what? he lost a bet. <laughs> I, think I think he, he lost, might have a, lost bet a bet and, and had then to had it. to come on Sumo Kaboom. <laughs> And then did erotica, and then hence there ever, uh, ever since people keep sending us erotica or slightly like uh, spicy sumo content. Which like, I'm, I'm all in. I'm not for. disappointed at that. I just like everyone's like kind of pigeonholed us into like they're the girls who like it weird. Like no, it just Which is, started no, out with Mac is. from Grand Sumo Breakdown doing sumo erotica. <laughs> I'm just heavily delighted. When we can sit in that realm of really dumb, funny, sumo-related fandom. Yeah. Because it is the stuff that I... It's the stuff that keeps me going on this podcast, and it is the stuff that makes me laugh and really love sumo. As much as I love the sport, in and of itself, I really do. But I love those other really dumb things yeah, just Yeah, I as feel much. like a lot of sports take themselves so incredibly seriously. Yes. And sumo wrestlers do, too. I mean, they're way up there with taking themselves very seriously. As they should. But when they're on tour, uh, like the video that came out this week of Shodai with Dae Show, and they were, who was in the middle, uh, they were doing some sort of... Hand-slapping game? That no, one? no. They were making like a sumo wrestler sandwich and one and Shodai had his chin on like Daisha's chest or something. They were bothering him. Like the all the hijinks that you see on the tour and the, like all the pranks and I'm I'm here for it. I'm always here for it. And mm. I'm also here for uh do you remember when we had the episode about the cryptids? Yes. <laughs> That's also one of my favorites because uh, it's dumb, sort of sumo related. Yeah, that was the the cryptids of the corn. Yeah, but Halloween. the creature, the um, the butt, the butt creature, the butt obsessed <laughs> like, creature. Which yeah, butt obsessed creature with a that hole loves, in its head that loves cucumbers and, and bows, and that's <laughs> and the only farts. way to take them down. And it's sort of sumo adjacent, but just hilariously just wonderful. Had no idea that. That ancient creature has been out there and known about <laughs> for all of those years. Yes, exactly. Like, what? Like, those I are mean, the things that stick out for me when I think about our past 200 episodes. It's all the dumb stuff. You know what I think about, too, is like when we've had guests on. And yeah. I mean, we've had lots of wonderful guests and people who have given us their time. But when we were able to interview Konishki, and that was relatively early on. Yeah, that's on my list, too. That was relatively that was relatively early on. Of course I'd love to go back now and like 
have another interview knowing so much more. But he was so gracious to give us his time, but really enlightened us with the wrestler's experience, the brutality of it all, mm-hmm. and his broken fingers and the pain meds, you know, they're always on. I don't know if I would have known all of that, you know? Yeah. But to hear an American who's had an experience doing this and up to the top level, you know, not Yokozuna, but I mean, come on, he should have been. Um, that was really, really awesome to just be in his presence and to just chat about the thing we love. And the only person we've really talked to, we've talked to some other people who've had experience, but nobody else who's had that specific intense experience to the highest levels for many years yeah. and continue to give his life to the sport, you know, yeah. and the popularity of the sport. So That interview is also on my list of, you know, some of my favorite moments from the last 200 episodes. But one thing that I will always remember from that interview, with the time difference between here and Japan Mm -hmm. and doing it over Zoom, Mm -hmm. there's always all this technical stuff behind the scenes that you're figuring out and you're sending invites and you have to make sure that your internet is, you know, you restarted it and it's ready to go. So I remember when we set it all up, And we were just like waiting for him to come on. And it was some ungodly hour early in the morning for him. Yeah, we found out he gets up early. Yeah. Because probably he... He's done it for years and years. Yeah. So we were sort of waiting for him to come on. And it was like nighttime for us and early in the morning. And then I realized at the last minute that I had to pee. And so, as you know, I was like, oh, shoot, I'll be right back. I have to do this because we're going to be talking with this guy for who knows how long. And as soon as I left the room is when he called in mm-hmm. and you were there mm-hmm. and you picked up. And, you know, I came right back like 30 seconds or a minute later and he gave me the hardest time. He was yeah, like, he was very funny. Yeah, he was like, that would never fly in sumo. <laughs> you would be in so much trouble if you were not there when yeah. you needed to be there. He was like, it is it is 6 a.m. or whatever it was. He was like, I am here. I am on time. Yeah. And you are not. Yeah. No, he was so funny, though. Like, he softened. Because, you know, he probably was just like, who are these two yuck, yuck, you know, women? And then I did my research on him. And he was was impressed that we knew so much about him. Yeah. And he then was like, oh, okay. And then he kind of, you know, he calls us the Sumo Sisters. He gave us, like, this really sweet little nickname that I kind of love. The Sumo Sisters. Yeah. He does all kinds of interviews with people who don't know who he is, don't really care to do the research. And so he he seemed to really appreciate that, like, we asked some questions that had some depth to them and meant that, like, we had really, you know, looked into his career. And um, he's consistently, he, razz, he razzles us. Uh, razzles us? Yeah, like, online sometimes. And uh, Yeah, like, he'll, he doesn't hesitate. Like, if we get something not quite right. Like, nope. <laughs> yeah, he just sent us a message that's <laughs> like, nope. no, that's not right, ladies. Right. <laughs> Right. But he's overall, Which I appreciate. Yeah, but he's overall like really he's congenial and, and very, very sweet and uh and fun. You can get that sense about it. But you know, he's an honest man and he loves the sport and he he really does like bringing the sumo popularity to a wider audience. And so he's been an incredible ambassador yeah. for the sport, especially especially for foreign audiences like us. Because we can just, we don't have to worry about the language barrier. We can just yeah, ask yeah, him. yeah. Well, I remember talking with Kanishki. I mean, he put me very much at ease. You yeah. know, the way he talked about sumo, it was just kind of like shooting the breeze with a friend. Yeah, you were also really honest about yeah. the dark side 
of yeah. stuff too. Yeah, but I remember when we interviewed Murray, mm-hmm. it was very different. Now Murray's very nice, but I remember Murray, he just had such succinct, really great answers. Yeah. And he was he's not afraid of silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he would answer something succinctly and then be finished. And then we went on to the next question. So it was just a very a much more professional yeah. interview that kind of made me sit up straight and go, okay, I really have to bring my A-game to this guy. Wow. Well, and John Gunning, that was in the middle of the pandemic. So he was like calling in from, or we were calling him and he was at home. Yeah. You know, so he was also another really great interview. We've just, we've just interviewed some really fascinating people, Lynn Matsuoka and her, or her husband who's recently passed, but in hearing her stories and his stories and, you know, of legends of the past and Chiyono Fuji and what it was like to wrestle for many years ago. Those are all really sweet interviews, like people who gave a lot of time and a lot of detail about a part of history that like none of us currently kind of know about. There's no one, you know, that would be talking to us who's of that generation still at the JSA, you know, because it's so closed, you know, so people have been able to inform us and kind of enlighten us on what it was like back in the 70s or 80s or, you know, before. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's even our listeners. Yeah. Like, y'all are really good at finding something online or finding something even in your own closet, you know? Right. Something that your family collected and and then you send us a copy, you know, and you're like, hey, did you know? Did you know this fact? This is one thing you need to look into. I always appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. What else is on your list? Oh, Tokushoryu. What about Tokushoryu? His, oh, his win? His you show win. I was going to say, we didn't interview him. What about him? No, nope. <laughs> that though. His win. His win. Because we've had, I mean, along with Ted and Afuji's rise up to Yokozuna, like, that's pretty great as well. That whole experience yeah. and like watching that happen and him coming back up and just dominate, that was amazing. But in some other way, I felt like the ultimate underdog and the magical spirit he pulled out for that tournament. Yeah. Um, when Tokushoryu won the Yusho from Maegashira 17, like that. And it was all in honor of, of uh, right, like his coach or somebody mm-hmm. who had passed. Mm-hmm. And there was just this guy who... Probably hung out in Jirio for a long time, made it up to Makauchi, and then somehow did kind of the impossible. And that and the tears of joy and everybody just cheering for the ultimate underdog, that was just like a really, really sweet moment Mm. in sumo. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That was a sweet moment. The other one that sticks out for me just in the sumo itself, and this is the only time I've ever stayed up to watch it live. Yeah was Fuji versus Hakuho. Yeah. When it was going to be Hakuho, it was Hakuho's last bout. Yeah. And Fuji trying to get the white belt. Right. And I was like, it's I can't not watch it. I can't sleep. <laughs> I'm going to stay up and watch this one. I'm going to stay up until 4 a.m. and watch this one. And I did. And I was so glad I did. So glad. Speaking of... One of our listeners and fellow Sumo um, content creators, Jay Wags, he wrote some original music, and he has a perfect one that he wrote. It's very short, in honor of that the bow? great, great Hakaho. Oh, 
Take a listen. He's the greatest Yokozuna of all time. Come and join the dojo and celebrate Haku Ho. Oh my God, you're amazing, yeah, Jay Wax. Y'all awesome. need to like subscribe to him. He's on YouTube, but he's hilarious. And we've met him in person in in New York, and he's I've he's delightful, absolutely delightful, incredible talent, and does theater like us to theater nerds, yeah. but also has a weird sort of love for sumo. <laughs> like us, we need to do something on YouTube with him. I know, I know. Well, he's busy working all the time, but anyway. Well, so are we. Yeah. So, so. Those, that's a great problem to have. Well, thank you, J-Wags, for letting us share that with the world. Speaking of J-Wags, one other thing that I really, really love about our podcast is that y'all participate not only in our bingo, not only in like answering our questions and helping out, but your poetry and your songs and just your general like hilarity Y'all are really funny. Yeah. I don't know what makes sumo fans so funny, but they are. And Jay Wags wrote a really hilarious song uh, called uh, There's Salt in My Eye. Uh, and I think you'll appreciate it because it's just so perfect. I'm strolling, strolling down the British 80s it's like clearly of the same realm of like don't you want me baby like whatever simple human whatever song that was simple human is the trash simple can mind? simple minds simple minds simple human is the trash can simple minds <laughs> is the band um no you know no else? no a human league there we go I got it mixed we could call it simple minds human <laughs> league is the one I was that's don't you want me baby Anyway, it's... You know what it reminds me of? You remember those two dancing guys on SNL? Yeah. That would just like pump their heads like the that? The uh, Midnight uh, at Roxbury guys? <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. That's totally what he it reminds me of. He does such great spoof stuff. Oh, that's awesome. And then, then there's the poems. And then I was going to say, yeah, our sexiest ricochet poll. sexiest ricochet. The poll, every year when people come out and the reasons why, we, we really oh. do realize how passionate yeah. everyone is for the wrestlers themselves. Um, it's like you fill our well with creativity. And, and make us feel like we're not alone yeah. to be this crazed for sumo wrestlers. Um, <laughs> to know that there are such huge Kotoeko fans out there who willingly will write all sorts of poetry just yeah. for him yeah. every year. Yeah. It, yeah, it makes me feel like I have a home. Yeah. 
I have a community. We have very creative people in this community. Yeah. And people who do the artwork, I see artwork and like all yeah. these sketches and drawings. And then I'm like, we are a special breed of <laughs> We're sumo ducks. nerds like all of us, you know? <laughs> but I'm so glad to have found this community. It's amazing. Also, another one of my favorites, um, and this has happened a couple of times, is anytime we get to sit and chat with Sumo Mainichi. Yeah, I love them. I, I love feel, them. They're so funny. I feel like there are good friends across the globe. Yeah. I mean, everybody in the podcast world has been so nice yeah. and so sweet. And we see Grand Sumo Breakdown guys, too. And we see Sumo yeah, Punks. Yeah, like, yeah. they're in Dallas. They're, like, it's very much like it's all of us world. communicate with each other. There's no competition. No. Maybe uh-uh. before we knew each other, we were like, who are these people that have all these followers? And then once we got to know them, we're like, oh, my God. Oh, I was no. never like that. I was starstruck when it came to like Sumo Mainichi well, and the Grand yeah. Sumo Breakdown guys. I yeah. was like, oh, my God, those are the experts. I don't know what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, I was like, how can, you, how can you live up to that or, and their knowledge? But then, but then Amy sent us that note yeah. that was like, oh, women in sumo, yeah. rock on. And I was like, you're my favorite. Yeah. I love you, Amy. I mean, there's very much that it's a very collaborative. We have a Facebook thread that's uh, sumo like related uh, content with, people with Grand yeah. Sumo, Sumo Punks. There's a, a number of other people that have sumo, sumo content wrestlers. and sumo wrestlers, and we all communicate about who's going to this or what's going to happen or how about let's have this coming up. And so who's we actually write this article. Yeah, I mean half the all, time. All I do is go rock on, guys. I know you guys are great. I know people are <laughs> have even more time. They I know. can do these. They're awesome probably things. like these darn sumo kaboom. They don't do anything. Volunteer for anything. I know, but but <laughs> but we love being included on that, and you know the commentating for the local stuff that we well, do that we put in quotes are yeah. quote unquote commentating. It's not really commentating. We don't commentate. We just go, oh wow, did you see that? <laughs> to an audience that's listening. Um, yeah, I'm not sure we have a future in commentating, but that's all right. I think it's now, a skill we could learn. I think now I could be much better than I was the very first time I did um commentating. Commentating down in Austin for Justin Kazart. Yeah. Um and and uh the Consulate's Cup. Um but that was so much fun. We got to interview everybody, but yeah, we were I like, know, like oh whole... every match was like, oh, Oh, wow. Well, yeah, now wow. I know maybe like five minutes. I'm like, this is, he pushed him. <laughs> Did you see that Notawa? Did you see that Uchari? He and then was I would, on the belt. That sounds so good. Yeah, but yeah, we got a few more years before we're going pro with that. I know, yeah. That but... first year we were like, oh, look, that guy look uh, has a porn mustache. Look at that. <laughs> no, that, that was, was our commentator. <laughs> yeah, we also nicknamed somebody Lats and Tats. Yeah. And that stuck. I well, think. it's a great nickname. It's a great, well, he did have Lats and Tats. Yeah. They were worth remembering. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the community all together that's yeah. really delightful. I don't know if I have anything else other than I always had a sweet spot for Asanoyama. And <laughs> I... You just want to share that? No, I did love his initial rise. I felt like, oh, I'm watching. This is how a true champion, you know, makes his way to the top. And then it was just so... Poof. It was just so over so quickly. Yeah. And then followed by, well, he snuck out. And then that makes me think of other episodes where we find out about horror wives and we find out about cheating and, and uh, Ryudin and all of the scandals and improv. Or improv, improv. Sorry, sorry. All the scandals in sumo. 
you're like this underbelly. It's not like I really enjoy learning about that. But that other kind of side of sumo is still really interesting to me. And I feel like I'm still on team Asanoyama. Okay. I definitely still want to see him rise up again and make his way back. Yeah. He just made a dumb mistake. He's human, you know, and they all are human. So I I, uh, I hope to see him return up to the top soon. Boys in their young 20s can make dumb mistakes. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. 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 Well, one of my other things that I really have enjoyed in this podcast is learning about, uh, I, I should just say, I naively didn't think that there were any women involved in the sumo world mm -hmm. until we did this podcast. And it was really lovely to learn about people like Doreen Simmons and Katrina Watts mm -hmm. and our plethora of U.S. sumo athletes. Mm -hmm. I have been consistently delighted by the presence of women in the sumo world, mm -hmm. even if they're not on the pro doyo yet. Right. They are all around it. Mm -hmm. And I I guess that just makes me feel, it just makes me feel good. And I'm, I'm glad we've gotten to look into that more. Yeah. Even though women can't be in the doyo, there's... Uh... Very much an acceptance of, of women or appreciation that there are women that love the sport. And when you look at the sand seats at the Coca Geekon, yeah, there's a lot of men, but there's a lot of women that are yeah. sponsors or, you know, fancy people that are right down there in those precious seats that no one gets. And so there's, you know, always been a lot of fans who are women. And so it's awesome to continue to celebrate women. And with yeah. the, the Hakaho Dream Girls Cup, you know, a continuing down that path of like, hey, like continue to bring women into the sport. Yeah, your audience is going to grow clearly. Yep, and uh, well, and in the international sumo world, mm -hmm. having the voice of Katrina right mm -hmm. there, front and center, mm -hmm. in all of these sumo events, doing the real commentating beyond like what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's somebody's a real commentator, <laughs> a real a, pro, not a fake one. It's we're just really lucky to have those voices mm -hmm. in the sumo world. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And to know our place in that. Which is at dead, dead bottom. bottom. <laughs> I wouldn't call it commentating <laughs> what we do, but that's okay. We, we yeah, me neither. We can we can break down a match much better. Afterwards, yeah. I was always in the beginning very it was very daunting to go try to break it down and relay that into yeah. you know the podcast and to our listeners and i'm sure my original breakdowns were like he shoved him hard and he was out of the big circle thing um <laughs> now i understand enough you know of terminology and people who um who listen once i have lots of friends who listen once and uh who love me because that's they're like i'm gonna support you once um they all say the same thing which is Y'all know so much about sumo. Yeah. And I'm like, thanks. Thanks. You know? And they're like, it's just really not my thing. And I'm like, totally cool. I get that. You're into other things. But that's the one thing we hear a lot is that, like, hey, we're not experts. But you know what? Over four years, we've learned a lot and can talk. We have talk. an undergraduate degree in sumo. I would... Yeah, I would say, yeah. We have an associate's degree? Uh, yeah. A four-year associate's call degree? call it 
We have a four-year certificate. I would call it a GED. We have a GED in sumo. (laughs) We have a low SAT score in sumo. Well, that is actually true. My SAT score... (laughs) I, uh, our verbal it was, is was awful. much better than our math in, in sumo. Yeah. My scores were way off in in school <laughs> and in learning sumo. But uh, you know what? I get I get things after trying hard for a while. So We got the know. honorable mention trophies in yeah. sumo. Someone else is getting the technique prize. Yeah. We're getting the honorable mentions that, we're you We're talking know, about the things that people like, it. which is... You know, belly rubbing events. That's right. And, and we karaoke. do break down the matches as best we can. And yeah. And hot takes from Kanishki. Hot takes from Kanishki. Hot takes with Kanishki. Yeah, we do our best, but we have fun. Yeah. So to, what would you say, to to four more years? Who knows? <laughs> Let's just ride this train as long as we want. And when it stops being fun, we just take a break. That's right. Or... We move to Japan. Ooh, and, and become commentators. Yes. Because someone's got to teach us how. Yes. But we'll do it. Yeah. If I could live over there and, like, do that, not all the time, because I do like living here. You know, I have a dog and, like, a boyfriend and a yeah, family and things like that. But I'd go like over that. twice a year to I commentate. I would absolutely. Or go, you know what would be awesome is we could be the commentators for the the, the tours. <gasps> That'd be awesome. Oh, my God. Gosh. Or just like the people that go along for all the foreigners and like explain it out for yeah. the foreigners Here's who happen upon a sumo tour and yeah. they're like, I don't the, know what's happening. They're like, they're throwing out beans and here's why. <laughs> they're and in their magical outfits. pink suits that look like Star Trek suits. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> this is why they're holding the babies. Right. And, and the babies is, are crying. Yeah, this, this is, is not why the bad. whole audience is screaming. <laughs> Every time he puts his foot down, this is actually a really good sign. When the babies cry, it's even cuter. Yeah, sumo, I would love foreign that job. Sumo tour guides. Yes, please. Yeah. Well, all right. With that dream in mind, we will be back at you next week with who knows, who knows what. Well, the Bonzo case coming out here. A couple, I uh, think this next week, I think it comes out. So there might be a little bit of stuff to a talk real about there. Sumo stuff that we'll talk about. Uh, maybe not. We'll maybe just talk we'll about, I don't know. But we'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Until then. See y'all later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Anyone who's willing to put that down, like, Record that. Yeah. Write that. Share that. Play all the parts. Is in mix it. Oh, he did the all the music too. Everything is him. Sticky. Good. Enho thought. He placed his fingers in his mouth, scraped the white stringy mass behind his teeth. His eyes rolled back into his head as the ecstasy of flavor filled his mouth. Sweet and delicious. He thought. I always love making mochi for New Year's. <laughs>